Rolling Dice and Taking Names is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at thebrokentoken.com. Hey, y'all. How you doing today? This is Tony and Marty. We have lost complete control of this episode. It has been 100 episodes since our wives have been on, and they're back in, and they're ready to take over on this episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. Welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names, proud member of the Dice Tower Network. This is episode 111, The Power of Love. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Donna. And we sure do love our guys, because here we are back again after 100 episodes. I can't believe it's been that long, Donna. I can't either. (laughs) And on this episode, we're going to talk about how our lives have changed and how Rolling Dice and Taking Names has changed in the last four years. And then we're also going to end with the review of the Castles of Burgundy that we all played together the card game oh sorry castles of burgundy the card (laughs) game and yes i do love you a lot because i played a card game (laughs) that's right she there was no dice yes she typically does not like card games so i probably should have uh we probably should have played castles of burgundy the real game because it's got dice in it but yes thank you both for coming back on the show tony it has been 100 episodes it has been 100 episodes since they've done a Almost full show for us. They did come back and do Roll for the Galaxy, which I got to ask. You haven't played it in a while, but do you still like Roll for the Galaxy? Oh, yeah. It has dice, right? It has dice. So I like it. It has lots of dice. And it's a lot of fun. And then now there is going to be a expansion to it. We're looking at bringing that back. So hopefully you guys will join us back for that one as well so we can see how well it is with the expansion. But if I can get a commitment from y'all right now, that would be awesome. <laughs> I'd be in for that one. If it's dice, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I could be in for that. Now, Marty, the power of love. Let's face facts. The girls love us. Oh, our wives love us because they're doing this again. It's going to take another 100 episodes to probably get them to come back on. What do you think? Well, I, I think we know that they love us just because they let us continue doing this show and the crazy schedules that we have and everything. Now that's the truth. <laughs> that's where the power of love comes in. <laughs> and thank goodness we were s- sitting around getting ready to come over here and there was a marathon of Back to the Future on and bam, that song starts playing. I'm like, boom. There it is. That's the name of the song. I didn't have to look up anything. You didn't have to accuse me of just pulling this one out my hiney. Ooh. What? <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Did there need to be a Back to the Future 2 and 3? Squirrel. I like 2. 3, maybe not so three much. 3 went out well, there too much. Well, not that I liked 2, but no, there didn't need to be a There two we three. go. That's kind of <laughs> what I was going through. <laughs> You're right. I mean, it, they finished the story, which I guess is kind of cool, but it's kind of like that Matrix thing. It's like, you know, I could have been done after one and just kind of left it at that. Definitely. But it was nice to see it actually go to the future. <laughs> but that was one of the first movies that actually forced you to have to come back to the theater to see how it ended. The cliffhanger? Yeah. Had that which little- one? Oh, no, no, number two. End of number two. two. Everybody walked out of number two thinking, oh, this really stinks. Well, no, Empire Strikes Back did that also. Ah, we all knew how that was going to end. No, we did not know how that was going to end. I thought he was dead. (laughs) 
Han? We did not know how that ended. <laughs> oh, fine. Okay. That's, that's fine. Now, I do have a question for you. Now, Donna and I recently saw La La Land. Yes. And you made the statement that your family loved it. Our family really, really enjoyed that movie. Okay. This is why when we go to movies... We need to not trust what they say about movies. Oh, we do oh, not you, like you it. You mean Global, uh, Golden Globe Award winner La La Land that won tons of awards? Yeah, we've never liked whatever wins the awards. Well, so. What was wrong with La La Land? Well, we almost fell asleep. Well, do you not like musicals? I love musicals. I love musicals, but the only redeeming value of that movie was the last like five minutes of it, I think. What? Or convince me. What did I miss? How did I go out of this movie thinking, wow, was that it? How is this winning awards? I'll admit I am a harsh critic of all movies. And, you know, lately there was just something missing for me. What did I miss? Maybe it was too deep for you. If I had to hear that song one more time, I was afraid I was going to be hearing it in my sleep. But it was too deep. Oh, what? That, that she's trying to be an actress and he's trying to start a club? Where, where was the deep? I think it's the struggles of two young people trying to reach their dream and the two of them together couldn't reach it. One had to support the other for them to be able to reach it. Without and- spoiling the ending. Oh, yeah, I can't spoil the ending. Yeah, so we can't say much more than that. But yeah, it's, um, I don't, there's a lot about it. The cinematography was incredible. I oh, thought yeah, that was really well as, done. As, and the music yeah. was really well done. Well, well, did you like Into the Woods? I didn't see Into the Woods. Yeah, okay. we didn't see that one. Okay, the Cinderella type thing. Mm, you you did watch that, that one. Watch that one. So anyway. Well, well did you see Whiplash, the, the, what, the movie that he did before this one? Yeah. Yes, I saw Whiplash. Did you like Whiplash? She did not. You remember that? That's the drummer. The, the drummer, the drummer in the jazz uh, college. No, she doesn't remember it. So that's the impression it left with okay. my wife, Donna. But for me... I'm terrible about remembering movie names. Yeah, that's why when I go to Redbox, have we seen this one? Yeah, it's, okay, it's up to me. But anyway, yes, I saw Whiplash. I liked it. I thought the language was kind of rough, but other than that... No, it was. It was. But anyway, okay, so yeah. So we don't have the same, exact same taste of movies, but we can agree that, you know, Back to the Future probably could have stopped at one. But we're on this show to talk about games, and it has been uh, four years since you ladies have been on the show and we just want to kind of get your feeling your impressions over the past four years each of you have been playing games we've been bringing all these games to the family to review and everything like that so i guess one of the first things is in the past four years has your preference in games changed is is, have you found out there's a certain genre you like certain genre you don't like for me it has not changed it's always been Ameritrash for me, and I am in love with anything that has to do with Arkham. Any of those games, I will play anytime, and that hasn't changed in the four years. But you have played more Euros that you, I think you tend to appreciate. Oh, I do. I can appreciate them. Yes, I appreciate Euros. Okay, but you still prefer the Ameritrash? I still prefer the Ameritrash. I don't think my taste in the games have changed. I just think it's broadened my horizons as to what games are out there. Um, and I have learned what some of them are now called, like Ameritrash and Euro games. And I think I prefer the Euro games over most of them. Interesting. And what ones have stuck out to you in the past four years? Like, this is one of my favorite Euro games, Euro genres. Or I know Tony loves worker placement games. I mean, so is there a certain type of game that you like more than others? Well, like last night we played Scoville. And it was not one of Donna's favorites, but you know, she did like the, it's anything with the mechanics. You like, you enjoy the mechanics of being able to do your own thing and score your own points with little meanness to the other players where uh, Meritrash and that kind of stuff is all about hitting the other person, beating them up. I don't like the games that are, that you have to be vindictive in order to get ahead. Mm. 
I don't think Vanessa likes those style no, of games No, I can't either. stand no. that. There's a take that mechanic to it. You're probably not going to care for it. No. And I've usually tried to avoid showing those to you also. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, well and, that, and that's one reason why it, uh, it's funny that you say you like Ameritrash so much because a lot of times Ameritrash is about take that. <laughs> okay, she shrugged. Um, that really showed up great <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> well, you got to throw out some names and give me some examples. Well, or see, something. you, you got to remember now, Marty. Right let's now. bring it. Let's bring it in. The wives are here. They're not going to know the terms of technology. They're not, they haven't lived the four years that we have. They've just lived with us and dealt with us and having to deal with the, the terms and all. They could care less. We just need Donna. You you still love your pandemic? Oh, that's my absolute all time favorite. Still. Game. Even Still, after all these years. Yeah. And, you and had- I loved Pandemic Legacy. I thought that was a wonderful spin on the whole pandemic thing because it changed and evolved as the year went by playing that game. I loved it. But what'd you, what'd you think of the ending of Pandemic Legacy? You don't have to say what it was, but the, the final ending. Did oh, you like right. it? Yeah, I was really disappointed in December. Okay. Yeah. Well, a lot of people were. You weren't the only one. I think it was one of those that uh, you was expecting this big climax at the end. And and it wasn't there. It was like the a great experience was playing through it without that really, oh my gosh, in your face ending. It was difficult through most of the year. And then you got to December and we just crushed December and it was just over. And it was like, boom, game's over. Uh, okay. Not on this side of the table. <laughs> we were destroyed. When we counted up our points at the end, remember that? We were pathetic. It was horrible. We did bad. You got to remember, we played one particular rule wrong. And that, that's why we played I don't it. I think we really needed to say that. Well, oh, we did. it's already been it's said. already been said. It's already been said. It's already been, uh, yeah. But mm. I also heard that you two got to play in a six-player game of basic Catan last night. How was that? Um, it was the first time I played Catan in a couple of years, so that was fun. And I haven't played six-player Catan in what almost ten years, probably. So it was good, though. I mean, I thought it went really well, and it was fun, and it wasn't real vindictive, and sometimes it can be that way, but the robber didn't come up much, so that was nice. Yeah, seven wasn't rolled much. Two's, my, my dice sucked. Plain and simple, the game was not a good game for me, but it wasn't just because it was Catan. It's like any Catan yeah. game, though. The yeah. dice always seem to gravitate to one thing or another, and like you and I had a five, and five came up twice in the entire game. Now, what about this RPG stuff, Vanessa? I hear the boys love bringing in on the RPG. Oh yeah, I do play the RPGs, but now lately the boys are doing that all on their own. Adam's at college, and he has his group, and Travis has his friend that comes over now. But if we have an RPG, I'll play it, but we tend not to. So for us, how it's changed is what we tend to play is what Marty needs to review. So oh. that's one way things have changed. So four years ago, we would play things we wanted to play. Oh. <laughs> okay. Now it's pretty much we play things that Marty says we're going to play. Hey, hey, I'm just trying to broaden your horizon over here and get in games that we need to review too. So. Well, I mean, I know you played one recently. Didn't you play um, Clank? With the uh, deck building? No, you have you played Clank? You did not, she did not play Clank. No, I did not play Clank. <laughs> do you like it? Do you even like deck builders? No. Vanessa's into theme and co-op. I'm into theme. I really like games with the heavy theme. So there's not a lot of games. I and mean, she says that we'll always play that I want, I want to play, but usually I bring you in on the ones I'm pretty sure that I know you're going to like. I do like failed games. Well, that's pretty good because we actually got uh, you to play one uh, today that we're going to be reviewing later on, Castles of Burgundy, the card game. Yes. So we'll be talking about that later. So what is it you like about the failed games? 
Is it just uh, his, his thing of... <laughs> a Feld is a designer. See, that's just it. You got to remember, Feld is a designer and Castles of Burgundy is a Feld game. Then the other one, y'all, God, name just went blank. Even I, I drew a blank. The one that's your favorite. That is my favorite. Yeah. You know, it's got the Mancala type thing going with it. Well, his favorite game is Terra Mystica. Terra Mystica. you're talking about Trajan. Oh, Trajan. Trajan. Yes. yes. Thank you. Thank you, Vanessa. You know, you get that. I know. Trajan. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Aquasphere. Oh, yeah. And then now Castles of Burgundy. I do really like those games. Now, we have Aquasphere, but we haven't played it yet. So we'll get that. It's got little squiggy guys, little octopus in it. See, we're getting nods, guys. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe I like those games because they have lots of little pieces. Oh, see, see, I like like games with, yeah, bits and pieces and and dice. and. I do, too. Yeah. I like that panda game. Mm-hmm. Yes, Takanada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has all those little Takeda? pieces in it. Which one is it? Takaido is the the one where you're trying to move along the trail. Yeah, okay. Which is good too. So over the past four years, it's like you've been, we've, we've brought a lot of games in and Vanessa's like, well, it's the games that you know you, you make me play. And I totally get that in the fact that we probably don't get to replay a, a lot of the repeat games because we're always playing the new stuff. Right. I've had that conversation with Tony before about how I'd really like the opportunity to play something more than once because the first time is such a big learning experience and sometimes that can drag on and make me not sure if I like the game. But then you go back and if you'd play it again within a couple of weeks. Which is what I've seen that Marty does. Like a lot of times he'll play a game with us one time. He'll say, I need to play this with y'all once so I can play it with Tony next. And then that way I have two times to play to give a good review. Yeah. Yeah. We always try to play a game several times before we we review it. And and a lot of times, yeah, we'll use the family as like, okay, let me get the rules here. Your guinea pigs. Well, that's true. And even the boys have, have stopped falling for it now. It's like, nope, we're not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After four years, we are more apt to say, nah, we don't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's why I got to have my buddies over here on like the week weekend. So I was like, can y'all come play a game with me? Well, oh, I mean, to your point, I understand this. Where I'm going out and I'm forcing, okay, not forcing, maybe too strong. I'm, I'm dropping these new games on you because... You can only play so much Pandemic. Yes, you can only play so much Pandemic. Yeah, I've heard that about Opasha too, but I'm always perfectly oh. happy to sit down and play Opasha. Cards, but oh, Vanessa, I got this new game in the mail as part of the Envoy. It's called Healthy Heart Hospital by Victory Point Games. It's theme. You're surviving a hospital. It's co-op. I, I can't, we're going to play it all. I mean, you're just sitting there, you're pushing out these cubes. You got this influx of patients because we enjoy... As Marty calls it, the old person station, the CBS shows, Code Black, you know, that kind of stuff. So we watch a ton of hospital shows. I don't even know what you just said. What is Code Black? <laughs> what is that, Marty? What's he talking about? Is it a CBS show? Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> it's a gory hospital show starring Rob Lowe now. It's a senior citizen show. It's got Rob CBS? Lowe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, you want to go senior citizen? You want to go senior okay, citizen? Okay, we need to move on down this list on some other topics that we want to talk about. Let me ask you this. When the podcast first started out, what were your thoughts and how have they changed over the past four years? For me, I didn't realize, or I guess over the past four years, it takes a lot of your time now. In the beginning, I don't think it took up so much time, but now it seems to take a lot of time because so much else is involved beside you and Tony getting together to actually do the recording. So much goes into 
to the podcast other than just the recording. You mean like being on uh, customer support line for the past three days trying to get our website up and running? Yeah, yes. that's part of it. <laughs> so I didn't realize it would take so much time. I'd have to absolutely agree. When you guys started this, I thought this would be a fun little hobby, a couple hours a week, and instead it's turned into a part-time job. <laughs> With no pay. <laughs> whoa, 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 I was thinking whoa. the same thing. The pay is the fun and enjoyment that we bring to the family with these awesome board games. That yeah. is the pay. It's quality time with family and friends. I do have That's to agree favorite. with that because that has the one benefit that I have seen is the, the games one. that we have brought in and gotten to play and it has brought us closer as a family. It has given us things to even play with his, my parents and his mom and his aunt and uncle, um, our daughter, of course, and her friends would come over to play games with us when she was in high school, which was great. And of course, we have a great uh, gaming support group that we play with on a semi-weekly basis. Yeah, and I would agree with all of that. I think as far as we talk about the RPGs and the boys a lot, but I cannot say enough and I cannot stress how it just immersed them in writing. So our older two, Adam and Travis, they if they have some free time, they will write a campaign for their friends and they get together with their friends. I guess getting into gaming is what started with the role playing game. So I don't know if they would have taken on that had you not started the podcast, but it's just amazing to see that. And especially Adam at college. Uh, and then now he's contributing to another podcast right? from his um, experience in writing. So so that is a great benefit. There are, there are a lot of benefits. I don't know if we could even sit here and name them all. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with bringing our, our kids into it. Like uh, this week, our middle son, Travis, is so excited to get his new booster box of magic. Because he's introduced some of his friends to magic and they're out there playing and going to game stores and playing magic there. So I I think being a part of this, it's interesting that neither one of those are really board games. So it's like we got them into the hobby, but they didn't gravitate towards the board games. It was more other genres. And then just continuing on with that, because of board gaming and the conventions that we went to, I love cosplay. Mm -hmm. So then it just starts all new hobbies that aren't necessarily board gaming, but all because of board gaming. And then on our side, because of the friends, their children got to embrace board gaming as well because I drop it on top of them. And now they're playing board games in their colleges and things like that. So it just grows. It gets in everybody's blood. It's, it's almost like a disease. But now remember, before board gaming, Marty and I would always play these card games as well. And your brother, Bobby, he got us started. So we actually can blame all of this going back to him coming here and introducing us to Lord of the Rings, the trading card game. So it's all his fault. I think he would take credit for that. He yeah. would like to take credit for no, that. I, I, yeah, he's. Uh, we're here today because he introduced us to that game. And it was like, that was really, I mean, we would played board games before, but we didn't realize there was this style of board game and this side of the hobby that we just that we really got into and it's really interesting that even though tony and i are really immersed in the hobby and everything and both of you see a lot of it and everything you're not as immersed where you're like on bgg every day reading about it and you're not reading about the latest releases and everything and i think there's this concept that if you're into the hobby that you got to keep up with all that and that's not the case at all you can enjoy the hobby without feeling like you have to listen to hours and hours of podcasts and know who all the designers are and keep up all the later latest releases because most people who are into the hobby 
don't. I'm just thinking if I were to do that, then how would anything else get done? <laughs> whoa, 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 I heard that. So I'm assuming that's what you're doing in there on your computer? <laughs> no, he's too busy playing in Skype Destiny tournaments and things like that. Yeah, yeah, there's been a lot of that. Oh, by the way, I'm also now involved in that too, sweetie. Oh, good. Now, there's one more thing. So Vanessa has been to conventions. She's been to one of the biggest ones, and you are going to get to go to somewhat of a gaming convention uh, this year. You're going to be going to the Rocky Mountain... Yes, the Rocky Mountain Gaming Convention, yes. That sounds close. It's by Icarus Tours. Um, Michael's got us all hooked up, and we are going to be out there the first week in June, right before Origins. And unfortunately, not going to be able to make it to Origins, as we've discussed. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Our friends are going with us. I've got a full entourage. Donna's with us. But the, I think what sold her was the hiking and everything. But then again, we'll be able to play a whole bunch of games. Now, you're excited about it because you get to experience um, atmosphere sickness. Altitude that sickness. That too. Altitude <laughs> sickness. Atmosphere sickness. Not atmosphere I'm sickness. I'm so sick of this atmosphere. <laughs> I'm so tired of Way it. Too much nitrogen. The, would that be the gaming atmosphere that I'll have sickness of? Maybe. Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> Just think, when we're there, you get to see all these other people having a blast, and you'll be able to join us. What are you looking forward to? I am looking forward to all aspects of it. We get to go on vacation. Some of our friends are joining us on this trip and we will be playing games we will be hiking we will be sightseeing and every evening we'll be meeting new people and playing games and learning new games and teaching other people our favorite games so vanessa if she likes this maybe in 18 we can you know all of us go somewhere and, and have blast. You know what I'm saying? I'll be in for board gaming, the hiking. That, that was the part that was like, mm, nah, dude, huh? board game all day, but, like origin. But we'll hike around the Gen Con uh, Convention Center all day long. I'll hike around North Market. <laughs> North Market and uh, get the food and, and, and right. the shopping and everything. But yeah, we do. I think we do as much hiking at Gen Con as we would in the mountains. Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of walking I, around. I think that that's floor. called walking, not hiking. Yeah, it's the same thing. You're, you're yeah. dodging. People, you're moving, you got a shift. That's right. You got the backpack on, trying to, you're bumping into people as you're going around them. Little snacks and waters. It's just like it. Except you're not having to run from bears or anything, which is awesome. Sometimes there are people dressed as bears. We do run from bears. We run from strange creatures. (laughs) That's that cosplay that you were looking at me like, what the heck is cosplay? That's cosplay. You need to take Donna to the Heroes Con. Uh, this year in Charlotte, if she wants to see some cosplay. Yeah, she's nodding her head. Yeah, she's all aboard on that one. No, she's not. Okay, moving on. Which around. is actually what the boys want to go to. And I hate that Origins and Heroes Con is the same time. Yeah, I don't know how it ends up being at the, at the yeah, same week. It, it didn't like- used to be that way, but... Anyway, that's that's that Heroes Con is a local convention, comic book convention we have here in Charlotte. It's actually considered one of the biggest and best in the United States because it's strictly comic books. But there is tons of cosplay that's that's going on there. And even though Vanessa, you say you're really into cosplay, we haven't done it a lot. But when we've gone on to conventions, we typically have done it, and we enjoy seeing that. And that's what we want to do at Heroes Con this year. Travis and I have been talking about it. Mm. Nice. So where do you want to see us go in the next four years? Wow. First off, I, I know that you probably were sitting there thinking, there's no way this will last four years. Well, we I never that thought four that. four years ago. You never I thought that? I didn't think that. No. No? I didn't think that four years ago. Okay. Well, that's pretty good. But now you, on the other hand, did you think I'd hold on to this for four years? Donna? I didn't think it would grow the way it has and become the endeavor that it has become in the last four years. Okay. Now, do you think it's going to last? Do you think the popularity of board gamings will continue? 
so that we can continue this awesome adventure into the board gaming world. Oh, I think the popularity of board gaming will continue and continue to grow. And I think that you could continue to grow also. So I guess in four years from now, maybe money involved. (laughs) (laughs) She keeps coming back to this one thing. Well, it's so funny because Marty and I had a discussion the other night and about how much he has been gone in 2016 and looking to 2017 and how we would like to go on a family vacation and just discussing things. And he said, well, Vanessa, people are gone this amount of time for work. Ah, but this is not work. This is not your job. But it is, it's kind of like work. It's work that we love. This is not work. <laughs> this is in no way work. This is just absolutely fun for y'all. But work I'll usually look- has some sort of benefit entitlement to it, like paychecks <laughs> and vacation time and, uh, you know, 401k plans. And Okay, well, this took a turn that I was not <laughs> expecting, Tony. So I think with that, maybe we need to jump over to the review of uh, Castles of Burgundy, the card game that we got to play a little bit earlier. One of the biggest games of 2016 was Terraforming Mars from Stronghold Games. Now, Tony, I got to play this game at BGG Con, and it, while it's a very nice game, there was a problem, Tony. There's this play mat that you have, and you put uh, cubes on it, and you have to use your cubes as like a resource manager, and you have to track cubes along a track. Guess what happens when you knock the table, Tony? They go everywhere. They go everywhere. Well, guess what? The broken token has taken care of us. Not only have they given us a really nice insert so that you can sort and store all your cards and bits, they've also given little wooden player boards for your little cubes to sit into so that when you knock the table, they won't go flying all over the place. It looks really good. It helps make organization of the game a lot easier. And the the trays are nice for when you're actually playing the game. So this is a brand new organizer from the broken token and you can go check it out at thebrokentoken.com. Tony, myself, Donna, and Vanessa got to play the Castles of Burgundy, the card game. And since they got to play it with us, Tony said, we need to keep them around for us to do a little quick review of this game. Yeah, and, and normally we do a five-minute initiative, but since there's four, we're doubling it. We're at 10 minutes, so let's get this thing going real quick. Castles of Burgundy, the card game, is basically a streamlined version of the full version of Castles of Burgundy from Stefan Feld. This game is also from Stefan Feld, and if anybody who knows the uh, the full board game, it's a lot about dice rolling and resolving uh, the dice in order to build up your estate. A lot of those same things have been brought down to the card game, except it's a dice game without dice. And they do that by actually putting dice sides on the cards and you're given a hand of cards on your turn and instead of rolling dice, you turn over two cards and that's the two dice that you rolled. And the game is a lot like Tony, like Castles of Burgundy. Like I said, you're trying to build a state. You can you can ship uh, things for resources. You have pastures where you can get animals. I mean, they he really brought a lot of the same mechanics down to this game, except it's just shorter. Right, and if you understand Castles of Burgundy, the regular game, then you, this game will easily translate and you'll be able to understand it. You've got a limited number of actions that you can do. The whole thing, though, Marty, is amazing. You have to get the most victory points to win. Imagine that. Like every other Stefan Fell game. And the thing about this game is for a card game, this took up a lot of table space. Oh, yeah. You have to put cards out all over the place because when you're playing them, they've got to line up to the various dice numbers. I mean, at the core, you're trying to collect sets. Yep. Sets of animals, sets of this color, 
And you're doing all that so that you can get more victory points and mm-hmm. you're trying to put it all together. You've got projects going on that you move over to your estate and you can manipulate the cards just like you can in regular Castles of Burgundy with your workers, adjusting them up or down, however you want to do it. It's really easy. It's quick to teach. Now, ladies, I'm going to go straight to y'all. Did you think it was easy to understand? Yes. Yes, definitely. I did. Just for the record, neither one of the ladies have played Castles of Burgundy, the board game. So this is going to be an interesting spin because a lot of people like to compare that. How does it compare to the board game? You two can look at it from the aspect of like, I've never played the board game. I'm just looking at this as a standalone game by itself. It was somewhat easy to, to to pick up. Like I said, I think it's learning what all the different buildings do. There are several different color cards on there, and each color card does a particular type of action. And you have a tableau in front of you, and there's a market basically out in the, in the front, and each one of the cards is underneath a die number from one to six. And from your hand, one of the things you can do is, you, like I said, you draw two cards that have uh, dice on them, and one of the actions you could do is claim one of those cards from the middle of the table and put it in your project. And at that point, you're trying to move your project over to your estate, and you do that by playing a card with, that matches the number on that card in the project, and you move it over to estate, and then you get a benefit. And that's kind of where the whole mechanic goes, and, and that's where the whole combos and everything go, because each one of the estates or, or the, the buildings or color cards would do something special for you. So, Vanessa, I know one of the, one of the strategies you were doing is you were trying to get a lot of different animals because they generated victory points for you at the end, and thus you were collecting a lot of the pasture cards. Yes, because if you got four different animals, then you would get four victory points at the end. So it just happened to be that our first round, I was able to get four. So then that's why through the rest of the game, I was trying to get four more. Mm-hmm. Of course, for each set of those, you were able to and collect another set and basically get another four points. And I think at the end, almost half your points came from animals and the pasture cards sets of uh, cards that you made. What did you do, Donna? Well, how did you go into this game? I mean, you first off, you were blind to it and all that, but did you quickly understand a strategy? Were you able to adopt a strategy? Well, there's five rounds, and within each round, you basically get six different turns. So, you know, the first turn, you pretty much are just flying blind, and the second turn, you're still, you know, taking the blinders off a little bit. But by the third turn, you know what's going on. So that made it easier, and the next four rounds went much faster after that. So I was just trying to collect a multitude of things because there were um, special victory cards for like collecting all seven sets or all seven colors of cards. So I kind of took that route. Okay. I had no strategy. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to do the shipping strategy. I thought you were over there uh, shipping where basically you could get goods and put them into your warehouse. Mm -hmm. And then from there, ship those goods. And each one of the goods gave you a victory point, but also gave you silver. But having silver, I found out was really good. And yes. Donna, you are really good at this. If you collect a lot of silver on your turn, you can spend three silver and basically take an extra action. We could draw three cards from the top and resolve one of those cards. You were getting like this nice little combo going, this little engine going of, I'm going to build this, which will give me a silver. I'm going to spend three silver. I'm going to put this into play. It was a lot of spelled games. It's about building that little engine combo. And I love that about that game because you could do certain plays and get yourself a whole nother extra turn kind of on it and get something else, which um, not only through the silver, but through some of the other cards, you could do the same thing. Now, I'm going to ask a quick question on the con of the game for me was the fact that just like in the regular Castles of Burgundy or like we experienced with Catan, if the dice don't roll right, you're going to be stuck. And I kept drawing two cards and Marty, you experienced this where I couldn't do anything. Did that diminish from it, Vanessa? Oh, it didn't diminish from it for me. Okay. No, my strategy was just kind of set at the beginning. It's not that I came up with it. So I would just have to 
go with it from that. And then you always had the option to discard a card and get two workers. So that would help in crossing your fingers and hoping that the next card would work out for that. Because the workers, you could uh, use a worker to add or decrease a value of a card in your hand to get it to match the die that you wanted. And uh, which is a real nice mechanic because you just had to collect workers on it. I think what I found too was I need to make sure I have a decent amount of workers available so I could use them to get, get what I wanted and needed. This game was different in that way from Catan because if the dice aren't rolling for you in Catan, you're kind of stuck. But Mm -hmm. at least in this game, because of the workers and you could always discard a card and get two workers, you always had the option of something to do. Maybe not that turn. You kind of lost a turn just getting the workers. But the next turn, you got to do whatever it was you wanted to do and continue building. But did the lack of dice hurt the game? It did not hurt it. I, I admit I was going into it with a bad attitude because there's the little picture of dice on there. And I'm like, well, why aren't the dice there? So now I'll have to play the full version version. and see what you think. It'd be interesting to uh, see how you compare. But what I thought was cool was, so the three of y'all, every turn, y'all would do like multiple things and had card shuffling all around. And I would pretty much just do one thing. I didn't have as as um, many cards out on the table as y'all did. So I felt like y'all would, you would play the card where you got another action. And I didn't do that too much. But the victory points at the end was Marty had 27, Donna, Tony, and myself all had 24. Yep. So it was a very, and everybody was doing something totally different. Yeah. And like I said, there's a lot of different ways to uh, generate victory points. Yeah. It was really interesting. The whole idea is to get victory points for the building is to collect a set of three and you would get that amount of victory points uh, based on that uh, set. Like some gave you four points, some gave you three, but the earlier in the game that you did that, the better benefit that you got. Cause each round uh, would indicate what bonuses you would get with completing a set. And it was a law of diminishing returns. You want to complete the sets as early in game as possible and get those bonus things. Uh, for the round, which may be like get goods, get extra ore, get workers. Like I said early on, you get like three ore. See, I'm saying, I'm saying ore. Oh. <laughs> we had this discussion where uh, 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 Tony was calling it ore and it's called silver. Now I'm stuck saying ore. Just because be. they played Catan last don't, night. Don't be blaming me for this. You Is it, is it an <laughs> it antidote was, or an it anecdote? It was silver. It was you who kept calling it ore. So. I know I called it ore, but it doesn't matter. You should know it's called silver. Don't do what I say. Do what you know is right. That's beside <laughs> the point. Now, I do want to touch on something before we run out too much time because I want to hear your reactions to this. We all not that we are of advanced age or anything no one is going to be able to these icons on these cards they are ignacy tiny the the (laughs) icons are tiny and it's hard to tell you know typically some of the uh icons on the card were for ores and typically in iconography when you see an ore there's a slash in between and some of these were like you get this card or this card but we had to go on the instructions. I was like, well, no, you probably get both. And look in the instructions. No, it's one or the other. So the iconography wasn't, was kind of hazy. But these are smaller cards, too. These aren't regular playing size cards. These are small. That's another con. Yes, I'm being negative. Enjoyed the game. Greatly enjoyed the game. Those were the two big hits for me was that sometimes I felt like I was stuck. And the other was the um, card text. Or there oh, was no just text. because I took your cow. You took my god to, hmm, that pissed me off. <laughs> anyway, but so that that was my negative. Do you, anybody else have negatives here? I think a lot of people want to compare this to Castles of Burgundy. I think Castles of Burgundy overall is probably a better game because it's more strategic. This is a streamlined version. It's one of those things. It's only like fifteen dollars on Amazon. It's dirt cheap. 
It is easy to learn. It is a kind of an intro game to maybe now Vanessa's ready to move up and try the Castles of Burgundy game. Or a lot of people went the other way, no Castles of Burgundy, then, then tried the card game. So I'm thinking this is not a bad idea, Tony, to start with the card game first and then move up to the full board game. Is that true? No. We've been doing this for so long. We can start with No, no. I, I'm, I'm just saying that in a strategy in general, that if you want to introduce somebody to a yeah. failed Euro type game, oh, yeah, sure. this card game might be a good point to say, well, let me show you the full version. It was really oh, easy to learn. So I think it's a good intro game for teaching people a new um, realm of games, maybe. So I can count on you to play the big one with me? I would love to try that one after playing this one today. Sweet! <laughs> I <laughs> like any game that you roll a bunch of dice and do something with it. And there's a law strategy, and I'll uh, take that to it so it's right up your alley like no, we found No, it's all out. about building your own thing. So there we go. So that was Castles of Burgundy, the card game for me. It's a definite buy. It's a good thing because I bought it. <laughs> Marty? <laughs> yeah, um, it's one of those things... I'm going to keep it on my shelf for those instances where I think I may want to bring it out and try it, but I don't know whether that'll be the game I go to and grab and play for an hour game. Vanessa? For me, it would be a game I'd play, not a game I'd buy. Sweetie. I'm not sure if I would buy it. I think it would be one of those games that I would enjoy playing when it came out, but I don't think it'd be the one that came off the shelf on a regular basis. Well, it sounds like I'm going to put this up for the BGG trade. (laughs) All right. Outstanding. (laughs) Ladies, thank you so much for learning another new game. Yes, we taught you another new game. So there you have it, Castles of Burgundy, the card game. And now it's time for Flying Squirrels, short discussions on topics that have our attention for now. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. That's right. It's time for another episode of Flying Squirrels. That's where Marty and I get two minutes to discuss what's on our mind. And it may be only brief thoughts because that's all that our minds can handle. So, Marty, you ready? Two minutes. It's on the clock. You ready to go? You ready to go? Ready to go? I'm ready. Let's go to the first topic. So, Marty, it's that time of year when people start coming out with all these new games on Kickstarter, and a good friend of ours has released a game called Delve, and he has teamed with Richard Lanius. Now, Marty, you know I always mess up Pete's last name. It's Shirey. Shirey. Yes, because he told me, he said, it's like the Shire in Lord of the Rings. There you go. So Pete Shirey and Richard Lanius have put out on Kickstarter with the help of Indie Board Games, Delve. Now, Delve is a dungeon dweller. It is about combat. What is so cool to me, Marty, about this Kickstarter is, and this dice rolling, dungeon crawling game, is the fact that there are really cool race and humans and all these other races going into the dungeon, fighting over loot to win the game. And guess what, Marty? What's that? You win by having the most points. I know. Shocker. (laughs) So guys, if you have a moment, go over to Kickstarter, get through all that other stuff that's out there and take a look at Delve. It may be some, I mean, it's Alanius. Come on now. Yeah, it's it's Alanius. And this is one of Pete's first games. And he has another one coming out later this year called Shark Island from um, Upper Deck. So we'll want to talk about it too. But guess what, Tony? Also, another good friend of ours is getting ready to start his yearly uh, funding campaign. And that's Dan King, who's the Game Boy Geek. He's a friend of the show. He puts out some great content. And he's getting ready to start up. And if you like his content, you'll definitely want to support him. Don't you think, Tony? Oh, I completely agree with you. I mean, it's so neat. I like how he will condense things down where he just gives you your thoughts. And then, of course, his wife helps him out on some of the reviews because Dan needs some help on some reviews. So if you want to keep seeing Dan and his wife do reviews, 
Give it a look over there on Kickstarter. Is what it's Kickstarter, right? It is Kickstarter or Indiegogo or one of those nice crowdfunding platforms. Oh, they move around all the time. So it's like Dice Tower's always been Kickstarter, and then they went to Indiegogo. Oh, it confuses us old people. So either way, go find the Game Boy Geek if you want to keep him on the air and doing those fantastic reviews, as well as hear that awesome saxophone. We got the honor of getting a couple keys to a brand new app from Asmodee Digital, and that's Mysterium. Tony got an iOS key, and I got a Steam key. And this game is based on the board game by the popular name Mysterium, where you are trying to figure out what the ghost is trying to tell you. Someone's been killed, and the ghost is giving you clues on who the murderer was, what the weapon was, and where it happened. This is a great party game that Tony, you, and I both love. But the question is is how does it translate to the app? And I must say, on the Steam version, Tony, it actually works pretty darn well. It uses the same art that was used in the uh, the new version that came over from, from Asthma Day. And it's one of those things where somebody can play as the ghost, and you can play online, and basically they'll pick cards, and then they'll present them, and then everybody else can decide what card that's associated with. Tony, I got to do this with a, with a group of people playing Skype. And it went really, really well. Well, that's cool that it will do that. Now, the iPad version, unfortunately, I have an iPad too. Yes, it's old technology. And they admit they have not gotten the bugs worked out on that one yet. So I haven't had a chance to play it. Now, they've released some ones for iPad 3 and iPad 4. So if you have the newer iPads, this should work without a hitch, I would hope. And I cannot wait for them to release a bug fix so I can play it on the iPad. But Marty, how was the story mode? Have you done that? That looked really cool. Yeah, where you can play the individual story. I have not gotten too deep into that. I just like playing the regular mode. But the thing is... You, there's a chat window that you can play with if you don't have like Skype running. It's way more fun if you can set up a Skype or Google Hangout because the fun about that game is talking to each other and trying to figure out what clue that is, is associated with. So if you're going to play it, I would try to get online and play with people uh, over voice. But there's also a solo mode. And I wish I knew the logic behind the solo mode. I'm trying to figure out how it determines what clues to give you for each thing. So solo mode, there's a blitz mode, there's a online mode. If you're interested in it, go check it out. I think it's a really good uh, version of the board game. That's Mysterium from Asmodee Digital. So Marty, you know, Restoration Games contacted us and gave us the print and play for Stop Thief. I know, and I haven't got to play yet. So you have to tell me about oh, it. Well, I'm sorry, man. So Don and I and our neighbors sat down. Now, only three could play because somebody had to control the computer. Dude, nostalgia overwhelm. It came flooding back because Don and I both have played Stop Thief when we were growing up. I mean, in 1979, I received the original for Christmas. I was like, oh, how's this going to compare? You know, I had some lofty hopes here. And let me tell you, it did not disappoint. You know, I was like, man, does this feel like the old one? The sounds came back. It was just a rush of memories. It was really cool. Now, I will say this, Marty, when we were playing this, this is not going to be a brain burner. This is pure family fun here. So did they change any of the rules or anything, add a little bit more meat to it or anything? Is it just like the original? What's really neat is they eliminated the dice. You have cards that play that allow you to move. All right. So you're competing against the private eyes. Uh, each uh, Everybody's controlling a private eye. And what's really neat is the criminals, when you capture them, you get a bonus. Now, none of that was in the original. So no dice. The criminals have give you special abilities. 
and you're playing cards to move throughout the board. That's kind of neat. They've mixed it up. They've rethemed it a little bit. The board looks different. And I didn't see the final copy, but instead of these old grid styles, I can't wait to see the, the final board. That looks really cool. So yeah, I mean, did they jazz it up a little bit? Yeah, they did. But they still left it to where your family, say you have a 12-year-old, has to do how is the thief moving based on the sounds he's hearing? How can he move there? Cannot wait to see the app because, you know, for us, it was on the computer through a uh, ma- macro on a PowerPoint. Oh, okay. So you didn't get to see the app at all. So no yeah, I cannot wait for this. So you feel like it's going to be a, a good translation then? I think it's going to be a great translation. And I really think that um, Donna also agreed with me that the nostalgia was there. Now, like I said, not a heavy brain burner, but definitely when it's on Kickstarter, check it out. If you have been saying, man, I really want to play Stop Thief from 1979. Well, guess what? 2017, you'll get your chance through Restoration Games' retheming of the game. All right, Marty, before you get to your next one, Carolina Tabletop Games, our local game store in Pineville, held for me a starter for Kylo Ren's Star Wars Destiny. You know that thing that keeps selling out everywhere? Oh, yeah, I definitely know about it. And then, of course, you got me going in with the tournament that we're going to be playing with Jamie and Rodney and Matt and Tony T and you and... Is Joel joining us this time? No, no, Joel just has two starter decks and is still looking for the booster, so he's not going to be joining us yet. I mean, this is going to be with Skyping and everything, but this is what got me, Marty. So I walk in there, and I, I go up to the counter, and I go, hey, do you have my Kylo Ren starter for Star Wars Destiny? And I'm like, wait a minute, what am I doing here? Is this like I'm buying drugs or something? What's going on here? And she goes, yeah. Here it is. And she pulls it out from under the counter secretly, right? Because nobody's supposed to see it. Yeah, under the counter. Here it comes on top of the counter. And I go, well, that's pretty neat. She goes, hey. I go, what? She goes, and out comes a booster box. Oh. I know. She goes, do you want any boosters with that? And I go, well, that's what? $15? Yeah, let's get one booster. One? You only had one? Well, I had $20. I wasn't going to break $20. I said, that's how I'm going to limit it. And And I said, yeah, I'll just take one. Then she goes, are you sure one's just enough? <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. Was this happening in a dark alley somewhere? No, it was in a well-lit store. I'm like, what the heck? What are we doing here? You know, you hear secret talk about junkie sweats. I'm like, this, this is it. I feel like I am purchasing illegal stuff here because, you know, the booster box. Hey, hey, buddy, you know, back when Dice Masters came out and, and they were doing all those videos about how, you know, go up to the guy in the coat, you know, trench coat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bored with life did that. She goes, are you sure? One, you know, we're going to sell out of these. It was just surreal. So anyway, Star Wars Destiny. Yeah, I'm hooked. I'm uh, I'm so bad. Speaking of destiny, Tony, here, here's an issue that I have. Where are you and I about storage and where to store things? Where are we going to store these dice? I'm trying to figure out where there's the best place to store these dice. I know exactly where I'm going to store them, man. I'm going to dump out all my Netrunner cards and throw them in that box, but it's going to be a mess. <laughs> yeah, so we're trying to look for storage solutions. There are a lot of them out there. But I was looking uh, for something online, and I ran across a site uh, called Zenbins, Z-E-N-B-I-N-S, and they had made some um, holders for uh, Dice Masters. And I thought, hmm, I wonder if he's going to be doing something with Destiny. And he, and he may be doing it. I contacted him. And he says he's looking at possibly, you know, doing something for, for making some uh, holders for like uh, Destiny cards and dice. And he said, hey, you know what? Uh, do you have a Star Wars Rebellion? I said, yeah, I do. He said, 
let me send you one of my inserts for Star Wars Rebellion. And that way you can see the kind of quality we do and everything. I went awesome because Tony, Star Wars Rebellion is an FFG game, right? Right. Can you just picture in your head what the insert may look like? A flying wing. Uh, that's exactly right. It's the flying wing with the valley. So all my stuff was crammed into a bag and there's all these little miniatures. It's, it's a pain in the butt to go. when you take them out of the bag, got to sort them. He sent me vacuum form type things, you know, the, the plastic containers. It's not wooden. There's four trays and the trays hold cards and there are slots in the uh, plastic for holding certain types of miniatures and they stack on each other. And I was kind of worried. It's like, how, how is this going to work? He said, trust me, everything will stay in place because there's a bunch of little TIE fighters and a bunch of little X-Wings sitting in there. So I put it all in there. Tony, I picked it up and I did my shake test. Uh-oh, a little dancing? Opened it up. Everything stayed in place. This is a really, really nice insert for Star Wars Rebellion. If anybody's needing something for Rebellion, it makes it easy just to take the trays out. You can play straight from the trays. It makes it easy to put back into the box. Everything stays in place. It's lightweight. Go check them out at zenbins.com. And about freaking time so I can at least play Rebellion. I think that's why you've not let me play yet. You won't set it up. No, it's because we're waiting on uh, Rodney to make a video to teach us how to play. Oh, my bad. All right, so here it is. Rant of the show. How can you break the RDTN website and not provide us customer support for four freaking days? What's up with that, Marty? <laughs> All right. So in case people did not know, towards the end of January, around January 20th or so, our site went down and it crashed hard. And we were having all these problems with the database and there were problems with the connection. Tony and I were sending emails. We're on the phone with customer service. We're getting it escalated. They cannot get this up and running. Tony, what was frustrating was the site would be down. We'd contact them. It would come back up. A couple hours later, it would crash again. I mean, your whole life is to about running servers. Oh, don't get me started because I cannot go off on IT because... Uh, just don't, oh, it's not hard. People go in there, figure it out, fix it. I mean, if you fixed it once, why is it going back down? Do we not know how to troubleshoot here? Come on. <laughs> it went down like three times. It was fixed, went down, fixed, went down, fixed, went down. And I was, it was so frustrating being on the phone. And it was like, uh, yeah, I see that you've been having a problem the past few days. Yes. Can you help me? No, I need to give this, hand this off to somebody else. So we'll escalate that for you. Oh, Tony, I was getting so upset. And then I had to sick you on him. Oh, I You were like, let, let me take care of it. So you went and got on the phone with him. And what was so hilarious about that was, they, you know, of course, I had to give him some f fake information like, uh, uh, sir, what's your name? Uh, Marty Canal. And they're like, okay, what's the double secret handshake number? Uh, it's this. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. What do you mean it's not? I'm like, and I'm frantically typing you. I'm like, oh man, we're busted here. I'm like, this is like going to buy Star Wars Destiny or something. And I was like, good gosh, people. And I'm like, all right, let me be honest with you. Get it up and running because the next phone call, by gosh, I'm getting credit. <laughs> and actually we did get credit. So basically our feed was down, Tony. People couldn't get our episodes and people were wondering what had happened. This was right after we released our previous episode, 110. So I apologize to everybody. We think we have it up and running, but oh. So frustrating. Oh, and I know. And we apologize to Gameland Games because it was the Heroes of Lancian Air preview that we did. And oh, it couldn't have hurt us at a worse time. So guys, thanks for hanging in with us. It's fixed. It's going to stay up. For now. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. Portal Games did not disappoint in 26. Matter of fact, 
2017, they are in the running for many, many Squirrelies. That's right, people. February 14th, the episode comes out, the Squirrelies for 2017, and some of the games that Portal is nominated for. We've got 51st State Remastered Set out there. We've got Crazy Cards. We've got all kinds of stuff from them. Stronghold. You know that's one of our favorites from 2016. So 2017, First Martian. Get your pre-order in. He's almost done. He's closing out on 3,000. If you don't do it, you'll be kicking yourself. I'm telling you, you will be kicking yourself. Portalgames.pl Well, Tony, we managed to do it. It was 100 episodes later, but we got our wives back on. And it'll be another 100 episodes before they come back. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Marty. Oh, oh, I can't. Oh man they they do they really love us to do this and when i was done donna was like what is up with you i'm like what do you mean she's like what was with this movie reference i'm like that's banter marty was saying it's banter <laughs> i got the same thing it's like i did not know we we're gonna talk about movies and it's like that's a squirrel moment vanessa that's our squirrels and she's like okay i just wasn't prepared for that and then for the La La Land to get all those Oscar nominees and everything. And Donna, yeah, and I, hold on, hold on. Hold Let's on, not what, gloss what, what? over that for a second. It tied the most ever Oscar nominations, the movie that uh, you two didn't like. And, and you know what I have found out? That generally when those movies that do that were not on my top list. I didn't say I didn't like it. It just, it wasn't like one of my top movies. That is very fair. But I did want to bring out that <laughs> since we recorded that segment, the Oscars were uh, announced, and it was like it got like fourteen nominations. It was crazy. Uh, oh, I know, City of Lights. I mean, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, my heavens! I'll buy you the soundtrack for your birthday. How about that? Oh, that would be so awesome. But yeah, the ladies, thank you so much for coming back on. Matter of fact, Donna wants the um, cut so that she she's dying. She was dying to hear the recording and what you did to it. She goes, "Man, I'm like, it doesn't matter. You're not vetoing it." It's done. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's out there. And it was like, they had the thing of, they had the feeling of like, maybe we should redo it. And it's like, nope, one take. We're good. We got this thing. So anyway, I'm sure they'll come back on. Uh, seriously, I love having discussions with people about the movies and things like that. I'd love to get a sit down with her and do a little podcast about movies. And she goes, after that experience, not going to happen. <laughs> You know, it's not going to yeah, happen. I, I told you, y'all be perfect for it because y'all go to your movie every week. So you see a lot of movies, a lot more than what we do. But yeah, it's um, it's interesting when you get it, when you get behind the mic, it's a little bit more pressure than what you thought there would be. Yeah. And, and we're still learning how to do it. And, and we are. We're still we really are. So I, and I did notice, okay, why, I see it in your notes. Why is everybody trying to rickroll me now? What's up with that? <laughs> because, <laughs> It's so, it's so funny. So there's two things from this past episode, 110, that really stick out. One was, you didn't know what a Rickroll roll was. No so clue. obviously, everybody's going to try to Rickroll you now. And I don't understand why. I mean, come on, people. I'm not, I'm, okay, I'm not that gullible, all right? I mean, my Come on, you had to click on at least one. I didn't. I, I saw who it was from. I knew better. I'm like, and then I'd hover over the link and I'm like, oh, that's a YouTube thing. I'm not about to click on that. I, you, well, then I feel stupid because I clicked on one. You did? Which one? Yeah, somebody teased something. I thought that sounds pretty cool. And I could not believe they got me. They got you. And then they didn't get you. So, and I feel really dumb. Oh, but it was close. I'm like, uh, I'm not doing it. Not going to do it. I'll wait till this dies down. I mean, my Gosh, that was, it's funny. Now, I did go back just for, and no one got me on this, but I did go back and listen to the song. Yeah, 
exactly. So that's just unreal. And people have learned a lesson. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you're going to (laughs) say. Yeah. So my polls are awesome. But be careful how you answer them. But don't worry. The cowbell, yes, we're going to cut back on the cowbell, but it's not going away, people. No, mm-mm, mm-mm. That was the second thing that stuck out. Oh, yeah. It was, I mean, you did such a great job with that. People were like, okay, that's it. No more cowbell. <laughs> yeah. So we had this, this huge discussion on our survey talking about things we want to change for the show and everything. And everybody comes to the guild and they want to talk about one thing. They want to tweet about one thing. It's like, okay, the cowbell, we get it. We're sorry we asked for it. Hey, you voted on it. I know. Top vote getter. It's coming. It will be. We'll figure out some way to do it. Now, I do want to point out that on the guild, the Board Game Geek Guild, number 1589, correct? Uh, that's the one. That's the one. That toilet paper should be rolled over the top by resounding 80%. Like I said, I posted the patent of toilet paper and the inventor had it over the top. But some people were pointing out to me later and actually talking about this. I'm like, what? And they're like, well, sometimes you have to go under because if you went over the top, it may roll into the toilet in these small apartments. I'm like, okay, this is too MI, too much information for me. I don't need to know this. And everybody likes being yellow, yellow color. That, that threw me for a loop from one of our polls. Yeah, we had a poll for what's your favorite color to play. And I never would have said or guessed yellow would be number one. Oh, I know. I, I was I was like, really? Yellow? So if, if you're missing out on these highly intellectual polls, be sure to join our Board Game Geek Guild. Tony always puts up one of these ridiculous polls on our off week, so you never know what you're going to get. You know, I do have to live up to 100 this year, which will be two a week, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I got out a bunch this past week. I'm not really sure where I'm going to go next week. So anyway, well, you know, Marty, I can't believe it took 100 episodes to get the girls back on. I'm sure they'll come back on because we got a great game that we want to review in the future. Again, I think Donna enjoyed doing that. That was a lot of fun. And I appreciate you inviting us over. That was great. It was a lot of fun to all sit down together. It's the first time that all four of us have sat down and played a game in quite a while. Oh, I, I know. And if I hear about how your dog, Taz, is so soft like a stuffed animal one more time, oh my gosh. Going back to uh, playing a, a game, what is really cool, it sounds like that uh, both Vanessa and Donna are interested in playing Castles of Burgundy now the full game. So that'll be fun. Oh, I completely agree. You know what was interesting was Donna actually enjoyed watching the video on how to learn. Matter of fact, you know what she said to me? What did she say to you? Better than listening to you explain the rules. Oh, did you watch uh, Rado's videos? I hear you watch. Yeah, we watched Rado. He did a really good job uh, with that, explaining how, you know, that's, that really does help. And that tells me something that, you know, the quick reviews, the quick rules that I tried to do with her aren't that good. So, I mean, sometimes you do. You need examples. And I understand that. Yeah, that's why you got to give credit to people like Rado and Rodney who do these how to play videos. It really is a, a good service to the community. And it, it really does help. I mean, say, for example, you want to play Star Wars Rebellion. <laughs> But if you're going to play Mass More like you and I are going to do, then yep, watch that Rodney. Wait, that's going to be so. Wait, when do we get to play? When we have time, we got to get in Dunwich Horror for a Markham Horror uh, Living Card game. We got to get that done. We've got to get a whole bunch of other stuff that we got on the table that's coming in, and then the Destiny tournament. You're killing me. You're killing me, dude. Hey, hey, you didn't have to sign up for the Destiny tournament. You said, hey, how do you get into that? I want to play. Well, I, what else am I going to do? Watch the dice sit there on my desk, not doing anything. <laughs> That's so silly. Hey, mister, want a booster? Mister, how about two boosters? Hey, you sure? Why don't you round that off a little bit? Why don't you go on up? Yeah, go yeah, ahead. It's going up to three boosters. Oh, we got some more coming in. It's on the truck. Everybody needs out one. Back. Everybody needs one. Come on. You can do it. Yeah. 
it'd have been funny if she would have said, first one's free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't going to happen. Okay, well, keep rolling dice. And taking names. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you want to hear more from Donna and me, let us know on Twitter at Dyson Names or our BGG Guild 1589 or on our Facebook page. One of the biggest games of 2016, 2016. One of the biggest games of 2016 was Terraforming Mars from Stronghold Games. Now, Tony, I got to play this game at BGBBBBBB. Nice. So what was the last question? I wasn't prepared for that. How do we want to see you grow? I just thought of it all the top of my head. I would like to see you decrease a little bit. <laughs> Fun Again has done me a great service, Marty. What have they done? I don't have to go to Amazon.de to get Knockmall or Xnimpt. They got it out oh, there. Oh, really? They have it in stock yeah, now? Yeah, they got Knock Mall in stock. Xnimp is a pre-order right now, so you don't have to pay and wait shipping and all. Nick is bringing it over for us. I already got Knock Mall. I cannot wait to play it. We don't have to do the print play that I brought you the other day. That's awesome. That was a really good game. I can't wait to uh, get your copy and play with it. Oh, I know. And guys, I don't know if you know this, but every week they offer a game that's 35% off. You need to really pay attention to that because... If was flashing by the other day, Marty Adrenaline was 35% off, and we really enjoyed that game. Yeah, yes, we did. In fact, one of the cons we said was it was kind of pricey. Well, at 35% off, that's that's right in the uh, sweet spot. And also, Zimbabwe has finally arrived, so fun again. They're pulling those games in that you may really be jonesing to play or hard to get. Go take a look at funagain.com. Mm-hmm.